0: dig a bit a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of god's word for a bit we are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen our host is cindy Colley from the now grab your bible and let's dig in hi there i hope that you're enjoying the study as much as i am we are in month five of our the hour has come study we're talking about jesus words from john 14 this month but we're going several different places and today i want us to look just for a minute at micah chapter seven if you're following along in the study that's number nine if you're in the book it's on page 54 and the question is how is jesus on earth the embodiment of the meeting of mercy and truth as per this chapter Try to put this into your own words. Why can we not have his mercy without his truth? I'm not really gonna necessarily address that last question. I want to leave that to you, but because it, it is supposed to be in your own words. But I wanted us to look just for a minute at Micah chapter 7 and how we know that there is the mercy and truth part of this verse is about the Messiah. Well, we when we look at verse 20, that is the verse that combines mer- mercy and truth and it reads thou wilt perform the truth to jacob and the mercy to abraham which thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old well how do we know that that's talking about jesus christ well let's start in verse 16 the nations will see that's the first clue when it says the nations because we know that jesus was the first time that all the nations were drawn In Acts chapter 2, to become a part of his kingdom, they shall lay their hand upon their mouth. Their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall move out of their holes like worms of the earth. They shall be afraid of the Lord our God and shall fear because of thee. So he's talking about the time in between the writing of the book of Micah and the coming of the Messiah that uh, there's going to be a time when Judah will be restored who is a God likened to thee that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities, and you will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. You will perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. I'd like for you to look with me at Deuteronomy 7, verse 12. It's reading um, in a context of if then, if you do this, I'm going to reward you. If you don't do this, I'm going to punish you. And verse 12 says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep unto you the covenant and the mercy which he sware to your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, the corn, the wine, all your oil, your cattle or flocks in the land which ye swear unto thy fathers to give thee there we have the canaan land and you will be blessed above all people there will not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle and then he goes on this is the if then covenant that covenant was first given to abraham in genesis 12 it was followed through as we see here in deuteronomy 7 for just one instance throughout the old testament And then we find that when we get to the book of Micah, he combines mercy and truth in that last verse of Micah chapter seven. And then we see that a reference made to that covenant where mercy and truth is combined in the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter one. If you'll turn to Luke chapter one, When we get to Luke chapter 1, we're seeing the promise of the birth of Jesus. And we're seeing Mary and Elizabeth being united uh, prior to the birth of Jesus. At the birth of John the Baptist, his mother said to Zechariah, not so. His, His name shall be called John. And... Well, I mean, to the people who wanted him to be named after his father, Zacharias. And his father, John the Baptist's father, the forerunner of Christ's father, verse 67, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. So we have the, the words of the prophecy of Zacharias here. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and he has redeemed his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, surely Micah was one of those prophets, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers. And to remember his holy covenant the oath which he swore to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life and thou child John the Baptist will be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the face of who the face of the lord jesus to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of sins through the tender mercy of our god whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace wow this is an amazing prophecy coming out of the mouth of the high priest zacharias when john the baptist was born but it is definitely and obviously talking about the messiah jesus christ and in verse 72 christ came to do two things to perform the mercy promised to our fathers there's mercy and to remember the holy covenant There's his truth that never fails. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham, mercy and truth, combined in the holy child, Jesus Christ. What was Micah talking about in Micah chapter 7? Well, when you combine Micah chapter 7 with Luke chapter 1 and that prophecy of Zechariah, let's just go back there and read it one more time. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and will cast all our sins in the depths of the sea. You will perform the truth, the covenant, the covenant that you made with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. Verse 73 of Luke one, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we might be delivered out of the the hands of our enemies and serve him without fear. I love it because Micah chapter 7 just has a pretty tight rope to Luke chapter 1, the coming of the Messiah, the mercy and the truth. And we find mercy and truth in both those passages. I think that will help you answer number nine. How is Jesus on earth the embodiment of the meeting of mercy and truth? Try to put it into your own words. Why can't we have his mercy without his truth? Because they are inseparable. Because the covenant is truth. And the coming of the cross, the mercy of Christ, is the fulfillment of that covenant of truth that was made back in Genesis 12, reinforced in Deuteronomy and many other places, and then fulfilled. And we see the wording that makes us know that the covenant to Abraham was about the Messiah from Luke chapter one and other passages as well. Let's close with Hebrews chapter six. And when you get to that passage, let's look at verse 12. And let's just finish out that chapter. Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. Don't be sluggish, but be followers of those who through faith and patience, wait a minute, inherit the promises. Well, what promises? For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Oh, listen, here is the covenant that he made with Abraham. Well, what is that covenant? What is that covenant that was mentioned in Micah 7 verse 20 that contains mercy and truth? Well, verse 14, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel that is truth it will happen if god said it will happen confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable that is things that can't be destroyed things that will last in which it was impossible for god to lie we might have a strong encouragement who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope that is set before us oh boy I have fled for refuge in the hope. But what is the hope? He defines it here. The hope, that's a result of God's covenant to Abraham, which hope we have as an anchor of our souls, sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered. Our high priest has gone beyond the veil in the in the symbolic temple even jesus who has been made our high priest forever after the order of melchizedek i love it because in hebrews chapter 6 once again we have the promise to abraham in verse 13 12 and 13 but then in verse 20 we have the fulfillment of that promise it is the messiah he is mercy and truth i love these passages i love putting this cord through all of these passages to come up with the just undeniable fact that the promise to Abraham, the covenant, is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Wherein is his mercy and his truth? I hope that you have a great day as you're studying.